Warner of the Warner Brothers podcast, joined by Keenan Warner, other half of the Warner Brothers podcast. Keenan, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I've had a busy day. Got a haircut today, which was nice for sure. Haircut. Needed it. You had your ears lowered? Is that what people say? Ears lower? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I've never actually heard that phrase, but yeah, I did. Um, it was actually old, nice. Well, white people specifically say, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It was a um, it was a nice time. It was a uh, barbershop's called the Hall of Fades. They did a very good job. Two guys in there today. When I went on, I went on Saturday about a uh, three weeks ago, and it was booming. But light today, it was nice. Talk some college football. Talk some NFL. So that was good. Trust in the new barber's heart. Yeah, that's uh, like a new relationship or something, you know. Yeah, no, it really was, especially because I've obviously had our friend Joe do it for so well, i mean i just i left in 2020 seven years because he had been doing it since 2014 so it was definitely definitely an adjustment shout out to joe you'll always be the number one barber in my heart because <laughs> but yeah no it was i've been having someone do it forever who i can talk to clearly so but it they've done so they've done good so far i've gone twice so they've done good so far Shouts all the good barbers out there holding it down. Yeah, for sure. Very important uh, job. So, Suns Warriors last night. I gotta ask you. You said you said before the season the Suns were gonna fall off. The Suns. Yeah, you said they're gonna fall off, right? You said I, they weren't gonna. I said. Back. I said. Yeah, I thought they were gonna go through a little bit of a slump, and they weren't gonna be as good. I obviously, I still had them as my three seed, and I had them losing in the second round of the playoffs. So I thought I thought I didn't think they were going to be terrible, but I just didn't think they were going to have the season they're poised to have already. So that what, straight later. Yeah, I was gonna say they started off one and three, and I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of what I was expecting. Starting off slow, picking it back up, and then seventeen games later, they're the number one seed in the West. <laughs> yeah, no, they they look great. They and probably the undisputed best team in the league right now, as of today. Yeah. I was going to say it'd be them between them and the Warriors. They obviously beat the Warriors. They'll definitely be able to solidify it on Friday. Because, beat them handily, too. Yeah, I was going to say they'll, they'll solidify it on Friday. So it'll either solidify it or it'll be a conversation. I only say that because they play the Warriors again in the Bay Area now on Friday. Wait, it was, they play back-to-back? Yep. They play How on Tuesday. Know? They both have Wednesday and Thursday off, and they play Friday. So, I did not know that. I've not heard that once. That's crazy. Yeah, so we'll know. I'll yeah. know. We'll definitely know more Friday because, say, the Warriors beat up on the Suns. It's like, okay, they each won the home game. Really, it's a pick 'em again. So, like, but as of right now, yeah, they would be probably what you consider the best team in the league for sure. So, they do play on Friday. Yeah, so they're, as I say, they're tomorrow for the Suns, and then, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, they are. They're deep. They have. They obviously have camaraderie. They've now been there. They've done that. They didn't win it all, but they still got to a game six of an NBA Finals with a crowd. It wasn't like it was the bubble, so it was a little different. So they got back to like regular basketball and improved their bench drastically. Like their team is much improved. That's why I was so confused by the drop back you had them having with a better team. Well, I, they're old. If they're older, I would say so. But really, I mean, Chris Paul's their only real, like, 
that that unless yeah. you want to throw like JaVale McGee in there now but like as far as their core he's the only one that's like you know truly a veteran you yeah. know he's about 16 years in now 17 years in something like that but. I, I essentially thought that they were going to take a minor step back a little bit of a step back they weren't going to be the powerhouse that they were last year like there was the one seed clearly so I didn't. Or no, two seed. Sorry, there was a two seed because they played the Lakers as a seven, the Jazz as a one. But anyways, I didn't think they were going to be as good as that, and they were going to make an earlier exit. But obviously, the Lakers are worse than I thought they were going to be, and the War. I mean, and other than that, I would have probably had them in the conference finals if not the Lakers. So doesn't. I was wrong. I'm so far. I'm looking wrong on that take and if I had to take now I would alter it but they're still obviously a really good team they have superstars stars depth size length athleticism that's why they're gonna that's I think I hope that's the conference finals with them and the Warriors it felt like a conference finals game to me without the sound yesterday personally it did feel like a playoff matchup for sure I had the intensity to it it had the high turnover on both sides that kind of made it feel like that for me First time we really saw like the Warriors warts, if you want to call them that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's the first time. I mean, I've seen quite a bit of Warriors this year. Obviously, they don't play Draymond out there, but this is the first time really the Suns are just like, you know, have at it, shoot. You know what I mean? Especially late mm-hmm. in the game. And uh, you definitely saw how much of a problem that could be, especially when, you know, Steph isn't shooting the ball well. Or he he kind of got locked down by Miles Bridges last night. He did, or uh, sorry, Mikel Bridges. Yeah, he did a job. He's, he's doing some young Kawhi shit out there. You know what I mean? Bridges so Bridges played a good game. Steph missed some open ones, but also that's up. That's on Bridges too because you don't let Steph get in a rhythm. So when those open ones happen, they're not just catching knockdown. You know. So I mean, that's, that, I was gonna say that's on Bridges too because like he had he missed some pretty easy looks for Steph. Also had some very tough looks. It's just when you get taken out of your rhythm, you can't really get that rhythm for a game definitely gonna happen so that's on that's on bridges too even the easy misses for to some extent obviously it's just steph missing them too well else made it feel like a playoff matchup a little bit was uh wiggins playing through back spasms like that's mm-hmm. back spasms isn't any joke like it's painful from what i've heard you know what i mean Any, anything to do with your back hurts really yeah for uh, some for some reason andrew wiggins just doesn't like to miss games like the one thing regardless of what he was in the past he's definitely corrected that now but at least for the last two like for the his time on the warriors really other than being like legitimately injured he just doesn't miss games like i'm looking at it now in 14 played 82 15 81 16 82 17 82 and then a couple stretches there but last year played all games this year's played all games like he's been pretty durable throughout his whole career. That's a fact. Yeah, he never matched the uh, the superstar drive with the superstar mm-hmm. a lot of talent that he has. But I mean, definitely, definitely doing his thing with the Warriors That's this year. Definitely we'll much he, better. We'll definitely. see if he continues, or if he you know reverts back to Andrew Wiggins we know, which is you know one game it could be a seventeen point eight rebound, two electrifying dunks performance. You know, maybe even twenty three points. Throw that in there. Mm-hmm. And then the next game being a four point six point dud, you know what I mean? But uh, I was say he's so far with the Warriors, he hasn't proven to do that. But obviously, you never know if he could revert to old habits. So, but so far, so good for what the Wiggins that they wanted to have. Yeah, I'm really interested. Obviously, we've talked about Clay on here quite a bit and his comeback, and 
you know, what kind of road that'll be. He's going to be with the D-League squad, probably starting what, this... I know he's practicing this week, so I'm assuming he'll start playing next week. Yeah, him and Wiseman both are going to be down in the D-League for... G-League, technically, but... um. So I'd imagine plays back by like December fifteenth. Yeah, they said be bef- they said before Christmas. So right. So yeah. So I mean, we've talked about Clay quite a bit. I'm more interested in Wiseman just because I feel like Big's an area of need for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like definitely, Looney's good for him. Like yeah, he's good in their system. But you know, when it's when it's someone like DeAndre Ayton, you know, maybe like a Carlton Towns, like whoever they might see in the playoffs, that's an effective big. You know, Anthony Davis. You know, it's a lot to ask of Draymond to take on those towers, you know, round after round after round. So I feel like I don't know how Wiseman would hold up in the playoffs. You know, we didn't get to see him last year in big time games. He got done pretty early in the season. I don't even think he made it halfway to the season, correct? He he didn't play much of the season. He looked good in the minutes that he did play during the season. Yeah. He has a little bit of a three point game. He shot thirty two percent last year, averaged eleven and a half and six. Shot fifty two percent. I'm looking at his stats now. Averaged about a block a game. So like he and watching him, he looked pretty good. He was getting in a rhythm with Steph and Draymond on the a lot of the lobs they like to throw off of that pick and roll. But I think what will help him and what will help really Draymond is the fact that Looney's only six ten ish and he feels like a six eleven. He feels like a small smaller guy. Wiseman's a legit seven foot. So if Draymond is on, say, Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis does get a step on Draymond, you got a better rim protector rather than Looney. You have Wiseman, who's longer, good hands. So those things will help too. I'd be really interested to see if Wiseman's on the squad by you know the trade deadline. Like that's one piece that they absolutely could flip because it's like I said, it's an area of need for them that that true center. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That. That Andrew Bogut rule. Whereas I think if Wiseman gave him good minutes last year and like showed himself, I feel like we wouldn't even be talking about it. Like he'd still be playing much like the other young guys, like Jordan Poole, Kaminga's getting spot minutes here and there. But I don't know. I think because Big is such a an area of need in the West, you know what I mean? Like with Jokic, yeah. I mentioned Towns before, Anthony Davis, like all these all-star bigs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like they're going to want someone more reliable. I don't know. I feel like that's a lot to ask of Wiseman to just, you know, match up with those type of guys. See, I don't think he fully will. I think he's going to be more of a help side, depending on the team you play. Well, Draymond, I mean, I'll respect to Draymond, but if he's matching up with those guys for 40, 35 minutes a night in the playoffs, I don't see – that's a lot to ask him. I'm not saying he can't do it, but – yeah, that would that would wear down to anybody, let alone someone who's a true six five without shoes. They say so. I mean, I don't know. I feel like they would. I feel like they want someone more reliable, and I think you could get a good big back for James Wiseman, given that he was the number one overall pick. Correct? Or was he number two? Number two. Number two, right? Yeah, yeah. I still. So, I thought. I thought then, and I because I didn't second guess this one because of how much I love him. If if they would have gotten Lamelo, my goodness. I thought they should have drafted LaMelo instead of Wiseman personally or traded out of it. I don't think Wiseman's a bad pick because I think if he can stay healthy, which is so far has been a question for sure. It was a question even in college. So the health part is going to be the question. But I think if he stays healthy, he's definitely going to be... He may not be an all-star. We have to wait and see on that one. But I definitely don't think he's ever going to be a slouch. 
I don't think he'll, well, I don't think he'll be a bust personally. With just I would the tools hope that he has. An all-star being the number two pick. Yeah, you hope. I was gonna say you obviously hope that. So I mean, that's the goal. But I'm just saying, I don't think he'll ever be a slouch. But I think it could be a miss of a pick, if you know what I mean. Like I don't think. In the, yeah, in the NBA, I don't think he's gonna be like bad per terms. But it could be a miss of a pick with you being the number two overall. Yeah, and you know who knows? We could see. Could be like year. Four, I mean, he's only twenty. We could be like year four before we find out if it's a miss or not. Because oh, for sure. You know, that happens time and time again with rookies where you're just like, oh, like, you know, this guy isn't it. Da, da, da. And, you know, look at Lonzo. He's in what, year five now? Uh, I think year four. Year four. And, you know, probably in his best year so far. Like, I'm sure the Lakers would love to have Lonzo right now rather than Westbrook. You no, know it what is I mean? year five. It is year five. I, they should have gone after Lonzo instead of Westbrook. Or they should have gone after Buddy Heald. I mean, Lonzo is shooting now, and it's not a fluke because he's gotten better every single year, shooting 44% from three. Hmm. He went from 30 to 33 to 37 to 38 to 44. He's gotten better shooting the three every single year. Obviously, he's borderline elite defender on as a guard he's proven to be a very very good defender and obviously gives you energy and keeps the ball moving so i would have took him over westbrook personally two things well first off let me say as i've said previously on this podcast it's been an amazing nba season so far like we're only i think six seven weeks in yes 22 games roughly for teams in Already been a memorable season. Uh, we had we had the part twos of both Isaiah Stewart versus LeBron and Jokic versus Markeith Morris back to back nights. No action there. I'm highly disappointed. Uh, but you know, there's obviously more games, and we still get Jokic versus Marcus Morris when they play the uh, Clippers. Yeah, a, a few times they'll play the Clippers a few times this year too. So. By the way, shouts to Paul George. He's really elevated his game with uh, Kawhi out, going back to uh, the MVP candidate, Paul George, that we've seen a few times over his career. On the Pacers, on the Thunder, yeah. Most, def- most definitely. So I just want to say I've been hit with the injury bug. I don't want to talk about fantasy leagues too much, but been hit with the injury bug with LeBron catching COVID. After being injured. Like <laughs> covid so he gets COVID. He's out in one of my in the Yahoo league we do. In the ESPN league we do, I both lost Lillard for ten days today and Bam out of bio because he tore his UCL in his thumb, apparently. Yeah. So and I have Ben Simmons on my team. So that's three big losses. I'm probably gonna take the L in definitely the ESPN league after that. And me but, me right now off of the uh, Yahoo League, I've got Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, probably out for the season. Jonathan Isaac hasn't touched the floor yet. Devin Booker has a slight injury. I don't know how like I don't know how serious that was. What? I said hamstring injury. No ham. Yeah, I was gonna say. And those, hopefully, that gets right because those can be nagging. And then I've Bogdanovich is out too. Bogdan. Because there's two of them. But, yeah, no, that's been going bad. And then, finally, I got Joel Embiid back in the uh, ESPN League. I'm 4-2, and two, so I'm feeling good in that one. Speaking of fantasy leagues. Yep. You have a fantasy football podcast? 
Well, not a podcast, but I, I do a weekly review. Kind of a, it's not a podcast. I do a weekly review. And so the goal for me was to have one of everybody on the league on at once because we talked about me doing one during the draft. And then Camden's like, hey, Keenan, you going to do it? And I was like, you know what? Why not? And so I basically give like an overview of every week, my thoughts. I give out power rankings kind of thing. What's it's the name of it? Plug this shit. It's, it's your show. Plug it. What's it called? What do we listen to it? Oh, I mean, it comes out every. It's gonna. It comes out on every Wednesday, anytime on Wednesday, mostly. Um, it is. It's really the our league is the league of defun- dysfunction. Dysfunction spelled with an I. So really, it's the league of dysfunction review, weekly review, and so it's on my channel under Keenan Warner, and if you want to go to my channel. You can this see on YouTube? this is on YouTube. Yeah, I only have it on you. It's only on YouTube. Some of them have videos of me, and then some of them do not have videos of me because I have multiple people on, and so that all mm-hmm. depends on that. But um, yeah, I have from week one to week twelve. I just o- uploaded week twelve today. So anybody who wants just to hear fantasy football talk and talk about the NFL, Keenan Warner, K E E N A N W A R N E R on YouTube transitioning from fantasy football to the NFL, the new England Patriots played a bad game on Sunday, played an off game on Sunday. I won't say a bad game, played an off game on Sunday, blew out the Titans. Yeah, they had a bad, they had a bad, they had a bad for what I expected first half from what I've gathered and not great first half. And then the second half, Started to ball out. The Titans ran way too much for my liking. I did not like the 200-plus yards running we gave up. Yeah, I mean, that's credit to their offensive line, though. Their their offensive line clearly has some, uh, you know, credit they deserve for the, you know, 2,000-yard seasons that, like, Eric Henry's had before. You know what I mean? So Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you can't know. have 2,000 yards in a season without having – some semblance of a offensive line that just it just won't happen. You can obviously you can have over a thousand if you're someone as talented as Barry Sanders or Saquon or something, but you're not going to get to two thousand. You have to have some semblance of an offensive line. Yeah, and it really showed in this last game. Like they were just very physical with the Patriots up front, which has been a strength of ours. Really, is a, uh, how physical we play up front. Mm-hmm. Set the set the edge, and uh, yeah, they had some. Was it Ike Hilliard? Who, who Hilliard? Who's that one? Uh, that's um, there's Dante Foreman or yeah, Dante Foreman was the running back, and then Dontrell Hilliard. Hilliard. Dontrell. Don- Ike Hilliard is a former Giant or something. Shit, I think. Yeah, Dontrell Hilliard is. Uh, he's out of Tulane. He's in his fourth season, and I'm looking at who he played for in the past. But other other side, I know Dante Foreman ran. He played for the Texans. He's bound. He's bounced around as kind of a backup running back. He actually ran for Texas, and he ran for over two thousand yards in a season at Texas. I was always surprised why he hadn't get, hadn't gotten more run in the league. But you know that's just how the league is. But you can kind of find backs here and there. So um, yeah, but like you said they amass over two hundred yards. It doesn't even matter really. Because of the, you know, just the way the game was managed, just, you know, the turnovers, the Patriots caused, like, you can't, you cannot sleep on this defense. Evidenced by the chase down 
J.C. Jackson forced fumble mm-hmm. and recovery by Jalen Mills. That was probably the play of the game. Yeah. No, the- J.C. Jackson is probably an All Pro this year, along with Judon. Yeah, they're the Patriots defense. They have playmakers at all areas, and they have people who kind of specialize in certain things, and then they have the all-around players. So their defense is not really missing anything. This is the this is one of the first years where we're getting a pass rush that I'm really really happy about because always in the past they they had timely timely blitzes and they could get timely they can get timely sacks. This year I with Judon like he can just go get the passer. You can just say, "Hey Judon, we need a sack," and it feels like he can get it done. So I like the fact that we have the fir- the best pass rusher since Chandler Jones on our team. For sure. Trey Flowers definitely had some good years with yeah, those oh, two. Oh, the Trey Flowers was good, but I think Judon's better than Flowers. I think it for me personally it's the best Most since definitely. Chandler Jones. Most definitely. And uh and Judon's probably even amass that. But uh, I would say that last Brian Flores year, I think that was the year we beat the Rams. So that would have been 2018 probably. Yeah. That, I think that was the last year and the first year because that was the first year after Matt Patricia left. That was like the first year I was happy with a pass rush. You know what I mean? Like we would actually blitz. We would actually, you know, create stuff with that defense. And we've done that for the most part since. But this is definitely the most imposing yeah, pass definitely. you know, for a long, long time. I love this defense. I've said it a million times on here. I can't say it enough. Uh, I cannot wait for Monday against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, what's your prediction on that? Give me give me a quick Buffalo Bills doing the Patriots Monday Night Football. I'm sure you've already given it to me. I think you already said, didn't you already say Bills win this game? So I, I said, I said a couple weeks ago that Bills win this game and the Patriots win the one at home. I said before the season, the Bills are going to win this game and the Patriots are going to win the one at home. I right now, I'm going to need maybe five because the Bills don't play well. Has not like They have not really played well against actual really good teams. They're really hot or really cold. That's the thing about them, and when they're cold, they're bad, and when they're good, they blow teams out. Like, that's all they do. Like, every win this year, I think, has been by 15-plus. They just blow people out. But that's also been against the Saints, who had Trevor Simeon, then you had the Texans, and you had the, I think they played the, no, yeah, I think they played the Jags. Like, it just hasn't been good teams. Scored zero touchdowns against the Jags. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not the Jags. Sorry, not the Jags. They, um... What team am I thinking that they just demolished? Not the Jags. No, the Jags game is the one that they played absolutely horrific in. Let me look this up right now. But I'm honestly I'm starting. I'm starting to lean towards the Patriots, and I'll give you an answer by the end of the show. The Texans they blew out, and the Dolphins was the one I was thinking of. They beat the Dolphins thirty-five to nothing. Dolphins, that's who it was. Dolphins looking good too. Yeah, they are. They definitely have turned it around. They have. If they win out, they have like an outside shot at the playoffs. So I mean, it's in, they're interesting. They play the Giants, the Jets, the Saints, the Titans, and then the Patriots. So like, they could beat until that Patriots game. They could go four and zero. Especially if the Titans don't really get many people back, like they could go four and zero in that stretch. All right, let's run through the Week Thirteen games, right? Mm-hmm. Give me a score if you can. You don't have to give me a score if you want. You can give me a winner. Start with Cowboys Saints tomorrow. I don't know why we haven't done this the rest of the year, by the way. But yeah, I know we're bad. We're bad. We've just felt we've been excited and then sad about the Patriots, but um, the Cowboys Saints. 
I've got the Cowboys in a close game. The Cowboys have not looked good as late of as of late. And no head coach either. What? No head coach this game. I was gonna say no head coach, which honestly may be better. Like I don't, I don't know. I'm not really a huge fan of Mike McCarthy. He's not someone who gets the troops rallied. But uh, anyways, they've lost three of their last four. I probably would. I'm gonna lean the Cowboys because I think they're just better than the Saints, and I don't fully trust Taysom Hill. So I'm gonna go Saints. Oh, I'm sorry, not Saints. I'm gonna go Cowboys in a close game. You? Yeah, score for me. Um, if I had to give a score, it'd probably be twenty-seven to twenty. Roughly, I'm kind of I'm kind of where you're at. Both of these teams played on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so they really get. It's not a short week for them. It's a true seven-day break for them. Yeah. With this Thursday night game, I think it's gonna be close as well. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think the Cowboys have looked that great since you know, I what four or five weeks ago I said. It's I think less than that. Three weeks ago, I said it looked destined for them to win the Super Bowl. Does yeah. not look to be the case. They're just they're a mess. They're missing six staff members besides Mike McCarthy this week, I guess, mm-hmm. and, uh, and a few players as well. I'm going to lean the Cowboys. Would not be surprised if they lost. I'll I'll give I'll give a uh, 2017 Cowboys. 20. Ooh, okay, You're closer game than I have. Um, so Colts Texans. Colts Texans. Yeah, Colts Texans. The Colts are gonna win <clears throat> probably twenty eight to thirteen. I would say more I'm of a blowout. What? I'm gonna say thirty seventeen. I would Colts. say more of a blowout, but the Texans have been semi feisty in games, and but I think Jonathan Taylor is yeah. just gonna run for a party. Yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say before that? Oh, I was gonna say I, I was gonna say I think this game could be more because of how talented the teams are, but it's a division game and it's in Houston, so I think it's going to be a little bit closer, but at the same time, if the Colts won 35-7, to it really wouldn't shock me. But I have 28-13. to yeah, Colts look good. Colts look good, especially, they, I mean, they went toe-to-toe with uh, Tampa last week. They should have won, they won that game, honestly. They just, bad coaching to me in the second half. Like in the first half, they got they did well by running, but without running a Jonathan Taylor, Carson I think threw for three touchdowns. They're up twenty four to fourteen. I don't care how good the Bucks defense is run wise, you run Jonathan Taylor because you have maybe the top five offensive line in the league. You run Jonathan Taylor. The one drive that they did, they scored a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. He ran like six times for like fifty five yards. I don't understand why they didn't run him in the second half. But funny you mention that because there's actually. There's a video of the press conference where Frank Wright, Colts head coach, gives a very in-depth answer to exactly what you're talking about and why he went more pass-heavy than run and how a lot of these, the passes that were, you know, end up being passes were RPOs, where, mm-hmm. you know, Wentz making that read. So he gave a, you know, one of the more in-depth answers I've honestly heard. I could send it to you. I don't have the full answer, honestly. But, uh, I can look it up. I had no idea. <laughs> I yeah, it was a real interesting answer. Hmm. So, Vikings Lions next game. Um, Vikings Lions. I got the Vikings and a twenty-eight to actually probably like a twenty-four to thirteen, ten, thirteen game. Maybe twenty-four thirteen. I'll go. I'm gonna go Vikings forty-two to twenty. Oh God, gosh! Give them the Lions twenty points. I'd be more shocked if the Lions got to 20 than if the Vikings got to 42, honestly. Regardless of Dalvin Cook's there or not, Alexander Madison is like a top 
four back up in the league. I'm just thinking because like Kareem Hunt's really good, Tony Pollard's really good, but Alexander Madison's a very good back. He could start Kirk on Cousins. some teams. Kirk Cousins having a sneaky great year with what? I think he's got like 23, 24 touchdowns, three picks. Yeah, no, he's Kirk Cousins is playing very well, but I don't think people look at it because it's Kirk Cousins. Like Kirk that's Cousins, that's, yeah, that's exactly. specifically the only reason why they're not looking at it. They obviously have a good, really good offense with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Tyler Conklin at TE is good. But yeah, no, I. There should be no reason why the Vikings don't blow them out, but the Lions have been playing teams also feisty, so they haven't really gotten blown out too, too much this season, surprisingly enough, for being 0-10-1. New York football Giants versus the Miami Dolphins. I'm hoping and... I'm hoping for fantasy sake and betting sake, I think the Dolphins are going to steamroll the Giants. I have it like 38-17. to 17. Steamroll. Why do you have a steamroll here? Uh, the Dolphins are playing. I think Dan, the Dolphins' defense has been playing lights out over the last month. Their offense is finally clicking. Tua's healthy and Tua looks good. Tua's been looking good over the last month as well. They've got receivers, they've got a running game, and I think the Giants don't have an offensive line, and Daniel Jones is turnover prone. So. That there's nothing about the Giants that, but at the same time, these are the games where I wouldn't expect them to get blown out, and then the Giants will pull it out. But yeah, like it's last like week with the Giants and the Eagles. Yeah, yeah so, so, you know, I don't. You get literally it. never know what you're gonna get with the Giants. Uh, like on paper, so maybe, I think this game should be an absolute blowout. I'm predicting it to be a blowout, but then come out of nowhere, it'll be like a 24-20 win for the Giants somehow. And it's like, oh, how did you win this? Then you get faith in them, and then the next week they get blown out. So I have it as a blowout, but you know, could not be that, and I would not be the most shocked in the world. I'm going 23-21 Miami Dolphins. Ooh. Okay, you have a close game. See, that could happen, and it wouldn't fully shock me. I hope for my sake that it's a blowout because I have some Dolphins and some betting I'm doing. So, yeah. Buccaneers, Falcons. 38 to 21 bucks. Brady seems, the Falcons seem to give the Bucks some fits, but also the Bucks seem to always put up points against the Falcons. For some reason, like, like they give them like tough games, semi. Like a last year around this time, I know the Falcons kind of got up early, and then Tom Brady threw for a part through a party. So I think it's probably going to be semi close early, and then they'll get up late, and then they may get a defensive touchdown late, like the Bucks like to do in big games. They win. Let's say twenty-eight, seventeen Bucks. I could see I'm that. Too. I could see that too. Eagles versus the Jets. <laughs> uh, probably 24 to 17 Eagles. But that game could be a blowout. But so why are, you going close, why are you going close game? No, I'm because I just, I don't know. I just have a hard time trusting the Eagles and the Jets have a, the Jets fight. Their defense isn't terrible. Uh, it really comes down to, does Zach Wilson turn the ball over a lot? Because if he does, then this game will be a rout. If he doesn't say if he doesn't, by a lot, I mean, if he can keep the turnovers to under for two or under, then this game can be closer. If not, then 
I don't know. Because like last week, I would have thought the Eagles are going to blow out the uh, the Giants. And Jalen Hurts turned the ball over four times and they lost. So I got an Eagles 24, Jets 17. If it was a blowout, I'm not shocked. All right. All right. You? I've got the Eagles in a blowout. I think it's going to be. I don't know the score, but the Jets are not winning this game. Okay. I don't see the Eagles losing two in a row, especially, you know, they obviously don't have to travel. Yeah. Going to New Jersey. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty easy win for them. Uh, Again, it wouldn't yeah. shock me, but I, the same, I don't know. I just have one of those weird feelings that the Eagles are going to not do exactly what they should, but they'll win I the game. The, I got the Eagles by at least two scores. Cardinals Bears is the next game. Do you know if Kyle is playing yet? Likely he's going to play week 13. It's not definitive yet. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins is up in the air. If Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are playing, I think this game will probably be along the line. Actually, actually, I don't know because I haven't played in so long. I'll probably have this game 28-17 to with Kyler, 24-20 to without. I still, th- I think they win regardless, but I think it's just a little bit more of a lopsided win with Kyler. And uh, yeah, Colt McCoy is their backup, correct? Mm-hmm. That's who started. Otherwise, yeah, mm-hmm. my guy Colt McCoy is their backup. I'm gonna go Bears in this game. Ooh. Cardinals feel due for a loss okay. after the uh, you know the production they've been getting out of Colt McCoy, the good game management. Bears got a good defense. Fields Fields is due for a good game as well. I don't know if Fields is playing. What's up? I don't oh, know if Fields. Out, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think Fields. I don't think he's playing this week. I think it's gonna be the Red Rocket himself. Hmm. I don't know who the hell to take there. Honestly, if it's Andy Dalton versus Colt McCoy, <laughs> it's anyone's game. Anybody's game. I'm gonna say 24-20, either or. That's the final score. Okay. I don't have a pick for you. I guess I would lean Cardinals because obviously they're the favorite, but yeah. okay. I think it's gonna be a relatively av- average low scoring to mid scoring, you know, in the twenties game. So we'll see. Chargers uh, Bengals. I think that's the best game in the one o'clock block. And yeah, I think that's a field game. I I think it's gonna be a six point game. I think it's gonna be thirty twenty four Bengals. It's hard for me to trust the Chargers right now because even more than the Bengals, because the Bengals have been up and down a little bit, but the Chargers have been more up and down this season. When they're hot, they're hot. When they're not, they are not. Like last yeah, week like last week to the Broncos, I thought they were going to win that game. They got blown out. The week before, they played a really good game against the Steelers and won in a thriller. So they're, they're, they're hit or miss, and it's hard to really, but I think the Bengals are a little better. Yeah, we'll find out a lot about the Chargers this week. It feels kind of like a must-win for them, even though they're in. Oh, the it's it's definitely a it's definitely a must-win. They go to five hundred at six and six. That allows teams like the Dolphins at six and seven. That allow like they need they need the game. They need it more than the uh, Bengals do. But obviously, the Bengals want to keep pace with the Ravens because they could possibly win that division. So they, it's a must-win game for both, but re- more for the Chargers than the. Bengals, in my opinion, feels like a confidence win for the Chargers. You know what I mean? Because I feel you know, there's a lot of people during the season, before the season, taking the Chargers as like a sleeper Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. So it feels like if they're gonna be knocking at the door of the elite because they're not an elite team yet, it feels like they should win this game. 
Um, see with the Bengals. Bengals are young. They're pretty inconsistent too. Obviously, they've their highs have been higher than the Chargers. I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For I think too. it's going to be a field goal game. I would give the edge to the Bengals. I have no pick for this. I'm not going to give a pick for this. I feel like if the Chargers, like I said, the Chargers are that team that you know their believers think they are. They win this game. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how good the Bengals are, because the Bengals are just a playoff team. Period. To me, you know what I mean? Like they're good yeah. enough to just win the playoffs. But yeah, I lean Bengals, but Chargers gonna win this game if they're that team. That's it. That's I, it. And then Jaguars Rams next for the four o'clock games. This is gonna be one of those games where the Rams just tool with the Jags, in my opinion. I think this is. I think this is. See, here's the thing. The Jags have also played some teams close. Like, obviously, they beat the Bills. They've played teams close. But I don't they know. Compete. This they is sure. They do. This is just one of those games where the Rams have all year beaten up on bad teams. They blow out bad teams. They lose to good teams. This is a bad team. I think they need a confidence boost. This is what they're going to be at home. And I think they're going to try to run up the score. I got a 42-17. But again could be real wrong on that because the Rams have been shaky lately. Yeah, I've got the Rams winning. I got the game closer than that, though. I think it's going to be a competitive kind of blowout. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the score will indicate how close the game actually was really, or how poorly maybe the Rams played because I'm not too impressed what I've seen out of the Rams. They no. get they're too pass-heavy and Stafford just looks he doesn't look healthy. He definitely does not look healthy. He just also doesn't I mean like he's a really good very really really talented quarterback but he just makes dumb mistakes and he has all of his career I understand he was on the Lions but he still he's he finds himself force feeding I think too much like he, he like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call him the way you kind of described me I'm kind of sound like a Jay Cutler like he definitely has some poor decisions but no, I don't think he... I mean, he's not Jay Cutler. He's way more talented than Jay Cutler. Like, Matt Stafford, honestly, like, as of talented arm, is, like, one of the top five most talented arms in the league. Like, he is yeah. un- he is undoubtedly just very, very talented. But he does less than Jay Cutler. He just makes some dumb decisions sometimes. Just, yeah. I mean, I would say... I mean, you... They would have said the same about Jay Cutler when he was in the league. Oh, he was kind of the same thing. Big arm. He was probably one of the top five talents, quarterback talents. Yeah, he kind of put together, yeah. and he definitely forced that. I think Ike Stafford's a bit smarter than that, but I think I don't know. I the last few weeks, especially, he just looks old and banged up. Honestly, like he looks a step slower. He doesn't look as accurate as he could be. I don't know. The chemistry's not there. Besides with Cooper Cup, everyone else. That chemistry isn't there the way you'd like. You know what I mean? They just there were some decisions in that Packers game that just threw me off. I texted Austin instantly. Like there was late in the game, it was six fifty five left. It was third down and twelve. Like no, it was just third and ten. They're in four down territory for sure because they have to be unless they get sacked. He took a sack. He had Sony Michelle underneath for about a four or five yard game. You get to fourth and five, you actually have plays. Is this the one toward the, towards the end of the game? Yeah. Yeah, that one was terrible. I, I looked at that and I was like, what are you doing? And then this isn't on him fully. But that yeah, like that has to be four down territory with how the Packers are playing. And then the shock of the game for me was what are you doing under two minutes? 
Like, what was that? You ran a run play on third down, no timeouts, and then you had to rush your kicker onto the field? Like, it, it, and obviously they lost the game, and getting an onside is like one of the hardest things to do in football, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that decision lost me, too. Like, Sean McVay does not have the best game management. And he like, hasn't. His whole entire like, coaching, like, head coaching career. I've said this once, I've said this a million times, that whenever I see shit like that, it makes me eternally grateful for having Belichick as a coach mm-hmm. because yeah he does sometimes do some shit where you're like what the hell is he doing with the clock like the Tampa Patriots game but uh other than that like he's like even like with his challenges Belichick's like no, known to be highly successful with his challenges because he only uses them when he absolutely needs it and he's usually right on them. so uh yeah that kind of shit makes me grateful for Bill Belichick for sure. Those Let's go the, along. Those sorry. Those are the things that you need. Real that like makes you from a really good coach to a really great coach. Like sometimes, obviously, the schematics are great too, but it all comes down to the players and that your coaching comes down to time management and how you get your team prepared and things like that. So that separates the great from the really great, in my opinion. Yeah, Belichick second to none. Yeah, Raven Steelers. Lamar fresh off four interception win performance. Weird stuff for you before you uh, go for a pick in this game, right? Uh-huh. The Ravens, I don't remember the exact stat, but it's something like, I want to say the Ravens were like 4-1 and one in games where Lamar Jackson throws two or more picks, and the rest of the league is like far below 500. It's a really weird stat. It is because... The one thing, because with the Ravens, they're such a good running team, though. Like, I'm just thinking about why. They're such a good running team that if Lamar's making mistakes, they can just run the ball up the entire field. So, and they can control the clock more so you get less possessions as an offense. I guess so. That's still an anomaly. Oh, it's a crazy stat. I'm just trying trying to make sense of why. Like, the only thing I could think of, obviously, the defense coming up making big plays, but. Like they did against the Browns, but you also have a really good running attack because you have the best running quarterback, in my opinion, to ever play, and then you have good backs behind them, behind him. Say the best running back to ever play. Running quarterback. Oh, I was like, what? I was like, who's the best running? My fault. No, no, no. <laughs> so Raven Steelers, who you got? Before I watched the Browns game, I would have had this in a blowout because the Steelers look garbage. Um, I still have the Ravens winning. I think it'll be a closer game, probably like a 27-21 kind of game. Maybe even less, but I have 27-21 Ravens. This is another one where I don't have a pick for you because you just never know with these AFC North matchups. You literally Mm -hmm. never know. know. And, uh, yeah, Lamar, not off the best performance of his career, obviously, as we covered. Uh, Steelers. Big Ben has looked washed, and then there's occasionally times where, excuse me, if he has enough time in the pocket, like he can make a good throw. But if there's any pressure on him at all, he obviously can't move. So uh, shit gets ugly. So yeah. I truly, given the rivalry that this is, given the performance that the Ravens just came off, I don't. Much like a game prior, I forget which game that was. Was it the Giants Dolphins where I didn't have a pick? Yeah. That game in this game, I don't do not have a pick for you. Would not be surprised if the Steelers won. I expect the Ravens to win, but if I look up on Sunday and the Steelers win somehow, something like you know twenty eight, twenty, something ugly, would not be surprised. Yeah. See, I I, could, I guess I could see it because it, they'd have to be Najee Harris centric in that game, which it can be because, but yeah. 
All right. Football team versus the Oakland Raiders. Sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are going to win this game. Going to be close. Raiders, this should be a good game. This, this one actually, this, this to me, that this game and the Ravens game are the two best games in the four o'clock window. Um, I have, I think I'm going to have the Raiders being at home probably 20. 7-26. Like, really, like, maybe 27-20. Anywhere from 24 to 26. I think it may come down to something like a mixed extra point or try to go for two or something like that. I feel like this game is going to be really close. Your car is going to have a big day, but also Washington's found their identity with running with Antonio Gibson. J.D. McKissick is injured, but he may be back. So, I think it'll be... I think it'll be a bit... A, good grinded out win for the Raiders yeah I think I agree with you the Raiders are such a weird team they if there's any team who plays down to their competition and then at the same time will play up to their competition it's the Las Vegas Raiders yeah uh, and it's you know especially with all the turmoil on their team I lean towards the Raiders especially with the lot sorry the football team going to Vegas I'm gonna lean Raiders I'm gonna say 34-23 Raiders. Mm. Football team looking good. They're, they're very NFC East football team is what they look like. Yes. Them, the Giants, the Eagles, you never, and the Cowboys, of course, you never know what you're getting. But those three specifically just play such a, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm watching a football team out of the 1980s yeah. when I watch the football team or if I watch the Giants or the Eagles specifically. But And the, also with the Raiders, key little point that matters is they played last Thursday on Thanksgiving and the football team played on Monday. So True. the Raiders have had four extra days to prepare and four extra days to get healthy. So Niners Seahawks. Niners are winning this game 28-13. I don't think it's going to be close. Seahawks look garbage. They, they Russ, look, they Russ look. has looked like shit ever since he's gotten back from his injury. Like he, he he's still that injured. First time he was at the end of the game on uh, on Monday night. That was his first touchdown since he's been back, I believe. He, he he just looks injured. He's just injured. Like, his hand doesn't... He definitely rushed back because he was like, okay, if we get into a good situation, we can win some games and make a playoff push. He doesn't look good. Know. I don't even know if it's that. His throws look... His throws look okay. He just looks... He doesn't look like the same guy. Like, he's not even... He doesn't really have escapability. He... I mean, I can't say he's been inaccurate too. He has been inaccurate, especially in uh, Monday night's game. Dude, he's just been down he, he doesn't look the same with a guy. Yeah, he, exactly. He does look bad. Like that was a must win. I didn't think the Seahawks were necessarily going to win the Super Bowl or anything this year, but I did not expect them to be this bad. Granted, they lost Wilson for what three games there. Still, the way Cardinals lost, they could have never lost that five. game. On Monday. <laughs> Exactly. No, you're exactly right. Which the Seahawks maybe don't have the best depth, but I don't know. Kind of feels like a bit of an end of an era here, possibly because you know that would have put them somewhat in the playoff picture had they just won on Monday night. Yeah. And uh, you, who the hell knows with the NFC, the bottom and the AFC, bottom of both playoff pictures are so crazy. Who knows? Maybe one of these teams that's in the hunt loses three straight, and the Seahawks win three straight. I doubt it. But, oh, I, I was gonna say I doubt it, but you you know what? You no, never. It's football, and you never know at all. But I doubt it. I have no faith in the Seahawks right now without Russell Wilson's looked. And the Forty ers you'd not want to see them in the playoffs. 
They are finally they're becoming the team that I thought they were going to be before the season. And they they can run the ball. They can Jimmy G's not going to make mistakes that much. like he hasn't been making mistakes. Debo Samuel is one of the best dual threats in the league with the way he can run the, he can play running back, also play receiver, both at a high level. They have a top 3 tight end, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk's good. So they they have weapons all over. So I'm with you. I got Niners by two scores. Uh but who the hell knows? Wouldn't surprise me the least if the actually yeah, it would surprise me. I don't have the Seahawks win this game at all. It is Seahawks at home and it is the Niners, which is a bitter rival. So, you know, this is a typical late season spoiler game. So I guess it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, I got the Niners winning two scores. And then we got the Broncos Chiefs Sunday night game. Chiefs by Chiefs at home, by the way. Chiefs by fourteen. I think it'll probably be Chiefs big against one of the better defense. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I don't know the Broncos. The Broncos are Broncos defense is good. Their offense to me just isn't. They can they'll be able to. They'll need to turn over the Chiefs twice and just play pure ball control for them to win this game. I think the Chiefs coming off of a bye. I think it's going to be something like thirty-one to seventeen. I'd be interested to see that. Uh, Chiefs defense you know, has been playing really well over the last month too. So they've been playing well. The offense is still, I want to say a question mark, but it's still searching. It seems like mm-hmm. they're keeping things kind of basic, which I think is better for them. You know what I mean? But uh, I could see Mahomes giving the Broncos two or three. You know what I mean? Two at least, and then you know who knows if they put the ball on the ground, obviously running the ball or whatever, but. The, uh, the, I can see Mahomes giving up two for sure. The Broncos and, uh, Broncos need to reach at least minimum two, preferably three turnovers. They need to have thirty five to thirty six minutes of possession, and they need to run for over one hundred and fifty yards if they're going to win this game. I don't even know if they need to dominate the possession that much with this Chiefs team. It isn't it isn't the Chiefs of the last two or three years, but. You know, given how their team is stylistically built, maybe so. And obviously, you know, the Broncos can run it, but I don't know. I This is another, kind of like how the Chargers, how I said, you know, if they need to win this game, if if they're that team they need to win this game this week against the Bengals, I kind of feel that way about the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Like, they need to have the performance you're talking about, that 31-17, to 17, like, stamp over a division rival, I feel like, for us to, like, really take them serious again. Oh, they're yeah. almost there. They're obviously in the division lead, but there's not enough room, in my opinion, to where we can be like, all right, well, Chiefs got this. Chiefs are a threat in the playoffs, but obviously that's a team you don't want to see in January. It's the, the Chiefs. Chiefs, lo- Chiefs lose and Chargers win, or Chiefs lose and Raiders win, or Chiefs lose and Broncos win, they're tied in record. Like the whole, they're every team six and five, but the Chiefs are seven and four. So like they can't afford to lose. Yeah, they need this game for sure. Absolutely. They could drop. And I mean, then, somehow they could drop out of the playoffs, but yeah. And then back to the game of the week. The New oh England. Oh, my. New God. England Patriots football team versus the Buffalo Bills. Patriots at Bills. America's Patriots team for the last 22 years. I mean, I, under, I understand God's the Cowboys team. are the. I think, meant, I think you meant God's team. As, <laughs> um, I'm actually. This is, I'm actually going Patriots with this one. I don't, 
Docking cake. I don't actually fully. Are you being serious with the shock? Nah, the Patriots are the squad, so. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm also gonna. If I think they're gonna lose, I think I think they could. Oh, sorry, if I think they prediction wise could lose, I'm not afraid to say it, even though I feel yeah. they should win. Every, but yeah, um, yeah, no, I just Josh yeah, Allen's been cool. Josh Allen's been way too turnover prone, even against the Saints, he was. Like so, like he's just been too turnover prone, and if he's gonna be that turnover prone, no one capitalizes on turnovers like the Patriots do. Like maybe the Bucks are the only like there there are some teams like the Packers do, the Bucks do, but like the Patriots are up there with any team that capitalizing on turnovers, and they're the top team really for forcing turnovers. So I don't think the Bills are gonna win this game because I think Josh Allen's gonna give us the ball twice, like how you feel Mahomes may be. I think it's going to be that, but you do that with Bill Belichick. You do that with that team. We're not giving you the ball, really. Like, not often, at least. So what's the final score? I would have the final score 27 to 21. I would have it like it's gonna be it's gonna feel closer than I mean, obviously six points is just a touchdown, but it's gonna feel really close. But I think the Patriots are also going to feel like they have most control. Like it's still going to feel like the Bills at any point could try could snatch it. But the Patriots are going to be in control of the game. I want to tell you what my gut, what my heart and my gut says, and I'm going to tell you what logic says for me anyway okay. about this game. Right? Yep. Logic for me feels like this game for the Bills. Like we said, they've been up and down, and this is going to be. Obviously, their most important game of the season. Like we're at, we're a half game up on the division right now. Correct? Um, I think we're a full game. Full game? That's right. I think it's. Let me see. Just yep. to be one hundred percent sure. Yeah, eight, eight and four versus seven and four. So Buffalo obviously. Oh, so half. Game. Yeah, so half a game. So there would be a game and a half up after this. So yeah. So, uh, yeah, Buffalo loses this game. They might as well say goodbye to the division, honestly, and you know. If it was any other season or any other team, really, if this was coached by anyone else, I might not say that. Like, two games isn't that much with this much season left, you know? But Belichick just won't allow that to happen. Like, he literally won't. So, back to my original point. Bills have been up and down. They need this game. Mm-hmm. Logic would say that, they, you know, they come out with every bit of fight they need. And this is a, this is a dog fight of a game. Monday night at home, it should be a dogfight. It really should yeah. be. And it could be. It might be a 30-27 game. I hope that's what it is, just for you know, my view and pleasure, I guess. You know what I mean? But yeah. I don't know. I I rave and rave and rave about this defense. Like You don't even have to throw it away. They will create it. You know what I mean? You could be throwing it to the right spot. They will find a way to get their hands to tip it at the line. Uh, or if you're Jamie Collins a few weeks ago, he'll just straight up intercept it at the line. Uh, you know, we've seen J.C. Jackson strip people from behind. The McCourty tip to a J.C. Jackson interception last week. Like, that's what it is every week for any quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Josh Allen being better than, you know, some of their past quarterbacks that they played these last few weeks. But, man, I would not be surprised to see the Patriots win this by two scores like they've been you know the whole last month and a half you know what I mean yeah. uh, man um, it's gonna be one of the two I'm rolling with the Patriots obviously 
You know, if the Bills if the Bills were coming in on you know on a more of a hot streak, I'd probably pick the Bills in this game. I think I did originally pick them in this game. I picked them all I, year in this game until now. I can't remember. I either I might have even had a reverse. I might have picked the Patriots in this game and had the Bills splitting out the other one in a home and home. I don't remember, but you know, if, honestly, if the Bills look any better, I would pick the Bills in this game. I just don't think that's going to happen. The Patriots, the hottest team in the league right now. Granted, they're due for a loss, being the hottest team in the league, but. You know, what we've seen in the past to beat that type of Belichick team, that's, you know, the hottest in the league. Like, it would take, like, a team like the Chiefs over years past or or even uh, who's the top in the NFC over here on this side. The Bucks, the Packers. The- yeah, Bucks. Like, it would take, yeah, Packers. It would take that type of team to knock the Patriots off when they're on this type of run right now. Right? Oh. So, uh, I don't know. The Bills could do it. They just, I don't know. Everything looks like it's pointing and trending towards the Patriots, but the Bills better win this game. I feel like same narrative as the Chargers, same narrative as Chiefs. whatever other team I said. Chiefs, yes. Uh, yeah, Bills need this game. If not, they can wave goodbye to the division. They'll still be in the playoffs, I believe. But You know? Who knows with the Dolphins coming up, you know what I mean? You know, I'm going to just say this right now. They need this game. They're right now the sixth <laughs> They're right now the sixth seed. If the and the Chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Colts and the Browns are either six and five or six and six, and the Bills play the Bucks next week, they lose back to back games and drop to seven and six. They're on the outside looking in on the playoffs. Do I think they're gonna miss the playoffs? No. But crazier things have happened, especially if you're gonna be in a situation to where the Chargers could be eight and five, the Raiders could be eight and five, the Colts have the Texans this week. So you you know, so like they need this game. This game matters a lot. Not to mention Patriots. Patriots can put up points. They, they can put up points. They've been averaging thirty five points over the last six games. So it's not like they've only been doing it defensively. They've been their and defense is also creating offense, but like their yeah. offense has been putting in points and putting in work. So. That's right. If their offense doesn't score, their defense will, or they'll at least get them close. So, yeah, Patriots in this game. I'm not sure if we're getting a big Mac. It seems like it kind of has to be a big Mac Jones game to some degree, but I'm loving what I see out of Dave Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of the receiving core, the tight ends. Uh, John, who had a great game. John, whose best game was a Patriot last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Kendrick Board, who I've been raving about, who Trent Dilfer called a top ten talent in the league, felt vindicated by that. By what I've watched, I don't know about that. But anyways, I don't know. That, that doesn't come out of nowhere. I can say that I, Trent Dilfer does. Trent Dilfer does his game film. I know that Trent Dilfer does know his game film. It's just I don't know. That's just hard for me to hear. But at the same time, I if he feels it, I'm gonna welcome it. I'm not saying that it's I'm not saying it's dumb. I'm just saying there is so much talent at the receiver position that's just hard to say. But at the same time, if Trent Dover thinks so, I'm if we have a top ten talent, cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna say no to a top ten talent. And uh, I've had other Patriots fans get on me to tell you that Jacoby is undoubtedly a top twenty receiver. So Um if you, I mean, I could. I mean, I. I don't know. I by I don't know. I mean, for me personally, no. I've already. I've actually. I actually after their argument, we. I went through it, 
and he's in the 25 to 32 range for me. Let me ask you this. Let me ask this next question. Out of 12 games, how many full Patriots games have you watched start to finish? Four or five. Four or five. All right. I'm leaving with that. Okay. Well, I mean, but out of but I, but I mean, I can say the same thing to you. Out of twelve out of twelve games, have you seen all of the Rams games? Have you seen all of the Bucks games? Have you seen all the Chargers games? I mean, I've seen all the Patriots games. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, for him to be better than these other receivers, he has to be better than 31 other teams. That if you haven't watched them, it'd be the same argument. Yeah, but I'm saying I've seen all the Patriots games. Seen a lot of. Past seasons, seen a lot. Here's what I would compare Jacoby to. When I'm looking at Jacoby, I'm comparing him to Edelman and Wes Welker. He's in that group. He's a step. Patriots fans are gonna hate when I say this. He's like a step above Edelman as far as pure ability. You know what I mean? And he can get open as well as Edelman or Welker. So where would you rank? Do, like, because I can I can ask you receivers right now because I have my list in front of me. Where do you think he like? Where would you put him? Yeah. I put him right at 15. 15 to 20 range. I really would put him there. I'm going to name DK Metcalf. No. Okay. Stephon Diggs. Uh, You'd probably rather have Diggs. You'd probably rather have Diggs. Yeah, he's like a top five receiver in the league. Yeah, I don't think... But I don't think Diggs is necessarily like... I don't think Diggs is like all time great. You know what I mean? I think Diggs is good. I think he's a really great impact receiver, but you know, I don't look at him the same way as I might look at a DK or others or like a Fitzgerald of the past. You know what I mean? I think Stefan Diggs is good, but yeah. I think he's really, really good. Anyways, I'm gonna keep going on. Is he better than Cooper Cup? Ooh, that's a good comparison right there. They are very similar. Very similar in what they do for their teams. Uh, you would take Cooper Cup's numbers. I would say that. I would just would take, take Cooper, Cooper Cup's Cup. numbers. I would say that's a that's a pretty good argument right there. Honestly, they do a lot of the same things. They both can't be covered. Like they get open at will. They both are sure-handed. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a very good comparison. Obviously, take Cooper Cup's numbers, but you know, Patriots aren't playing a very pass-heavy offense. I do know whenever they go to Jacoby, it's a catch. 10 out of 10 times, it seems. So, obviously, he doesn't get in the end zone much, but, you know, they're looking tight at more in the end zone. So, I don't know. I would, I get what you're saying with these, like, top-tier receivers, but I think Jacoby, with more of a workload, with more of a pass-heavy focus, I think he's putting up Welker-Edelman numbers. You know what I mean? I don't think he's, yeah, I mean, you know, he's probably about 30, 30 receptions behind the pace you'd want him to be at if you're saying elite. I get what you're saying there. See, I see. Well, I can see him putting up Edelman numbers because Edelman's only had like two 1,000-yard seasons. Like, I, I could see him yeah. doing that. I just don't, like... I I'm, guess what I'm saying is, like, those, those two being in a pass-heavy offense, Welker and Edelman, them not looking like your average number one receiver, them being from the slot, I think Jacoby's got that same ability. And, you know, Welker did it at an elite, elite, elite level. You know what I mean? He's... You know, that's who Cooper Cup aspires to be from the slot position. You know, is Wes Welker. He kind of, I don't say he started the wave, but as far as the production from the slot receiver, Wes Welker is cut above everyone else. Cooper so, Cup uh, is putting up, I mean, this year, Cooper Cup is putting up numbers we have not seen through this time what's ever. He got, he, what's he got for receptions right now? 
He has 92 receptions for 1,237 yards and 10 touchdowns. It was the first time Mm. ever anyone's been over 80 catches, 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns in this span of a season, or 1,100 yards in this span of a season. So that the the Cooper Cup is doing phenomenal things. I understand Jacoby's good, but I mean, then there's people like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Michael Thomas, we haven't seen, Debo Samuel, Market. Like, there's just so many good receivers. And I understand that Jacoby doesn't. A few of those names you mentioned can't stay healthy, too, which is where also I'd give Jacoby the edge. You know, I'm not saying he's the elite of the. I mean, I am saying he's the elite of the elite. I'm saying he's 50 20. But, you know, he's obviously not going to be on, you know, like we said, like the. Yeah, uh, who's the first receiver you mentioned before Diggs? DK Metcalf. Okay, like obviously he doesn't have the measurables of DK Metcalf, right? But yeah, I do, especially in like two years. Do I think his production is going to be right there with the best? Yeah, I do. I think he's going to be continue to trend upward. Yeah, yeah possibly uh, in two years. I'm just saying right now, if we had no receivers in the league and you had GMs drafting receivers, Jacoby Myers would not be in the top twenty. I. I don't know. Uh, you're probably right, but that doesn't that doesn't being drafted and how you're doing at your position are two different things. Well, yeah, I mean he's a top. He's over a top twenty slot receiver in the top twenty receivers period, according no, to but no. But like, that's what I'm saying. He's not being drafted within the top twenty receivers. If you were to wipe the slate clean and you had to pick a receiver. That's but if you point. also wipe the slate clean and gave him a pass happy offense, he might be putting up the same numbers as some of these guys, some of these elite guys. He gets open at an elite level. He runs his routes at an elite level, catches at an elite level. He just doesn't get the same production because we don't ask a lot of Mac Jones as much as Stafford and the Rams, Wilson and uh, the Seahawks, Tom Brady and the Bucks. You know, those are throw heavy, uh, pass heavy offenses, whereas the Patriots are run heavy offense. So that's kind of where I lean. But when they are passing, I'm telling you, Jacoby cannot be covered. Uh, you know, a lot of these NFL guys, you know, I don't listen to the media much, but when they start talking about Jacoby as an elite guy, the way they do, which you hear more and more and more, which says a lot for, you know, again, the not pass happy offense that the Patriots have right now. I don't know. I think he's going to have a big playoff run. I think we'll he's a, see. That's I where you. Know. That's where you make your bonuses the playoffs. We'll see. I could see him having a great playoff run for us. I, we'll oh, I think that, he's a really good slot receiver. I don't. I'm not saying he's bad. I don't think he's bad by any oh, no, stretch no, of the I imagination. Get your, I get completely what you're saying, but I'm also saying like like he's slot outside whichever dude gets open. That's if your number one guy's on him, he's still getting open. Yeah, but doesn't I mean, matter. Cole Beasley not. also gets open all the time too, but I wouldn't call him a top twenty receiver. No, but he's also not the number one on the team. Jacoby would be the number one for us. If I think, what do you mean by that exactly? Like, I mean, if if the Cole same, Beasley came to our the team uh, to the, the Patriots, way, the he same. would be the exact same receiver as Jacoby Myers. Cole Beasley gets open. He's that's why he gets so many catches. He gets open very often, and he has sure hands. Cole Beasley's a very good slot receiver, but no one would ever put him in a top. Category. I mean, their numbers are vividly like similar, eerily similar this year. And I mean, that's the same. Op- I mean, 
Jacoby's 59 catches for 620 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cole Beasley, 62 catches for 530 and a touchdown. Like, they're 60 Cole yards Beasley. off and three catches off. Or 90 Cole and three catches not going against your number one corner. Cole Beasley's in more of a pass-happy offense as the what, second or third option on the Bills. Um, again, my comparison would be Welker. Welker for years, I mean, he's obviously undersized. Doesn't have great athleticism, but he was basically our number one guy post Randy Moss. Even those years with Randy, obviously Randy's the number one, but Welker's getting the bulk of the receptions, right? After Randy Moss leaves, Welker's getting, you know, leading the league in receptions, putting up near Antonio Brown numbers, right? 122 catches, 1569, and nine touchdowns. He had numbers that might get him to the Hall of Fame. I'm saying if we put we put Myers in in, uh, West Welker's spot and those mid to late 2000s teams to the 2010 teams for the Patriots, we put Jacoby in that same spot. He's probably putting up those numbers. He's probably putting up those numbers the way he gets open as sure-handed as he is. And again, he's got more ability than Wes Welker, than Cole Beasley. Like he's got better athleticism, uh, more of an array of catches. I believe I just like what I see out of Jacoby. I think he can become that. I just don't think he is that. That's all I'm like right now today. I don't think he is a top 20 receiver in my opinion. I think he can definitely become that because you're right. He is a very good route runner. He is very talented. He does have sure hands and he just needs to continue to get better and better. Obviously build more opportunity. But right now from what I've seen, I wouldn't have him there, but you know, it's not like it's it's not killer to me to have him there, I guess. But I just wouldn't have him there. There's so many like good receivers more, in the league. I would like to see more games where Mac maybe has 35 throwing attempts to see where Jacoby ends up. I think you'd get closer to the double-digit receptions or eight receptions for you know 109 yards with a touchdown or two than what he gets in this in this McDaniel's run heavy game managed by Mac Jones offense, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I understand. I, think, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I do think with more production, Jacoby would put up the numbers a lot of these elite guys do. I do. He's just got, he's got, I want to say he's got what it takes to be an NFL receiver. That's how corny as fuck. But he's got what it takes to be a, he has to be what it takes to be a player in this league. He's more than shown it over the last three years. And he's, Again, it's hard because you've only seen a handful of Patriots games, but he really is delivering as that number one guy. Like, he is as reliable as you can get. And as someone who's watched someone like Edelman and Wes Welker from the slot, and I guess you could throw Danny Amendola, even though he was injured a lot. You know, those are guys you can count on on like a third name. I wouldn't ask for any. There are not many players in the slot I would ask more than Danny Amendola in the playoffs. Let's be honest. He's Danny playoff. Like, he made huge catches for us in the playoffs. So, I'm not going to take anything away from him. I'll say this. When we're in the playoffs or even Monday night in a must-win game, watch watch what Jacoby does. I guarantee you. I guarantee you Jacoby has not a big game, a big moment for us in a Monday night game. So, um, but we'll see. One question for you, only yeah. because we're talking Patriot stuff, and we brought his name up. I was. Do you think Jacoby Edelman's a Hall of Famer? Jacoby Edelman. It's not Jacoby. Uh, we're talking about Jacoby Myers. Julian <laughs> Edelman, a Hall of Famer. Nah, 
I think we've had that discussion before too. Ju- I Julian just, and I, I was, just, I was just making sure because Caleb Lenu and I were talking once, and he was, and I didn't know. I forgot your take on it because we were talking. He's just not a Hall of Famer. He has his argument. Won. His argument would be postseason because uh, regular season it just doesn't stand up. His argument would be postseason. I could see him being one of those guys who get in like on his last year of eligibility when people who are like removed from that generation. Like yo, how did this guy not get in? Like he was, uh, he was one of the most important guys on a on a three time Super Bowl champion. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I guess, but I mean, I, I wouldn't put Deion Branch in there either. It's like, and he, no, but him, he wasn't. He wasn't. I don't think he was on all three of those teams either. You know what I mean? But I could see the name element. He was on had, two of them, and he has a Super Bowl MVP. So I mean, yeah, they have like, I they have really the same career, honestly. Yeah, yeah, like, I could see him. I could see him getting in down the road again with like a gener- generation or two removed from his career being like, you know, how's this guy not? And he needs to get in. I could see him getting in that way because it seems like well-known guys from past eras on their last year of eligibility get in that way from people who really maybe didn't get to see him or kind of feel bad. That's the only way I see him getting in. Other than that, not. Nah, Julian Edelman's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Wes Welker, on the other hand, if we're keeping it Patriots and we're keeping it white slot receivers for the New England Patriots... Wes Welker's definitely a Hall of Famer. He I has think. a, he has a much ballot, better. probably not, but definitely in the Hall of Fame, I would say. I'm just pissed off at him, so he's not a Hall of Famer to me. Because <laughs> of the Giants? <laughs> I mean, Brady threw a little bit off target of a pass, yeah, but you got your hands on it. He's got to pull that one in. He's got to pull that one in. <laughs> it was a tough catch. It was, I would say it this, was, Nicole, it was Myers, a tough catch. Nicole Myers would have caught it. I could say that. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Or your hybrid of... Julian Edelman and Jacoby, Jacoby Edelman, he would have caught it. Oh, Jacoby so. Edelman would be, <laughs> Jacoby Edelman would have caught it. <laughs> I'm sure all our fucking listeners who aren't Patriots fans are like sick to their stomach listening to us talk about Patriots hey. debates every week. Like that, that whole debate was like nonsense, really. But it was, yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, I was talking, I mean, we were talking about other players in the league. Like we brought up different names. And also we did talk about every team in the league that is playing this week. And we gave our analysis. So, in fairness to us this week, normally it's about Patriots, and then we'll talk maybe the top couple teams. We talked about every team this week that's not on a bye. So, I'll give us credit there. <laughs> give us credit this week for talking about teams. Yeah, no, lots of good NFL talk this week. I like always love our NFL debates, for sure. Uh, cannot wait for Patriots' bills on Monday. Can't wait for all the games Sunday. It's going to be insanity. For all the predictions we just had, who knows how much will be right, obviously. But, like, it's literally, as I've said many times before, it's any given Sunday in the NFL. And uh, I don't know what it is about adding that one game. It seems like it added even more lunacy and chaos to the season. Kind of love it. Kind of dislike it. But kind of love it at the same time. Always, like, chaos at the bottom of a playoff picture. In the the underdog- Remember the underdogs are on top. True that. Sorry, True that. You, said so, hate you said hate it and love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hate it and love it. <laughs> so that's all I thought about. But, yeah, so, I'm, I've loved this season. As we talked a little bit about, I love the NBA season. That's going to be phenomenal. And I, they're just sports right now are beautiful and excited. If you like college football, college football, the Michigan-Ohio State game, I actually didn't get a chance to watch it. Heard it was great. Alabama may not be in the playoff. It's like... There's so much going on in all sports right now. It's a great thing. And hockey, I'm sorry, I don't keep up with you. Don't know what's going on. All right, Keelan, League of Dysfunction 
What day can we expect that again? League of Dysfunction on Keenan Warner on YouTube. Every Wednesday, I come out with either one with just me or me and a fellow guest. This week, I've got friend lives in Florida, Tyler Lamori, coming on in our from our league. So, shout out to Tyler and yeah. And this is a review of your fantasy league, correct? Yeah, this is pretty much a weekly review of the fantasy league: who won, who lost. Usually, sometimes it's just how upset I am. Um, yeah, so pretty much just like a, it's just a weekly review of our league. Every week, go through, run through the games, give rankings of the teams, talk with whoever's on that week, and yeah. Give me a brief, less than two minute summary of where the season stacks up right now. How many weeks still playoffs? Who's in first? Who's out of the playoff picture? Are you in the playoff picture? Can you win it all? Okay. Give us the details. So. I'm going to just talk about, um, so for me, I lost to the worst team in our league this week, Ira, because my team couldn't play. I lost to Joe DiZazzo a couple weeks ago because my team didn't know what life was. So I'm out of the playoffs unless crazy thing happened. Crazy things happen. There's two weeks left of the season. Unless craziness happens between all the five and seven or four and eight, uh, four and eight teams are in Cancun, but the five and seven teams there, we have four teams that are Three of them seven and five, and then Justin Wade's eleven and one, doing whatever he wants to with the league. He's got Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, and he has Derrick Henry, who was injured, so he was going to win it with Derrick Henry. Now it's interesting, but so playing spoiler. Yeah, so I uh, so I'm this week I actually play Justin, so I am going to try to play spoiler. This I mean it doesn't matter with him; he's the one seed. But uh, yeah, so there are four teams who are pretty much solidified to be in the playoffs. This is the first year I have not made the playoffs ever. It's going to be the first year I don't have a record above. 500. It's a weird feeling for me to be in the consolation games trying not to get last place. Really weird. Um, we have the second year we've actually doing money for it before we were just kind of doing it as friends. Now we have money for division winners, best record, most points, and then playoffs, obviously, first, second, and third winners. So, Shout out to Austin. Shout out to Austin Lamori, Timmy Gray, Tyler Lamori, and Justin Wade for being most likely the teams in the final four standing. I'm just gonna say because a uh, you know a variety of this team or of these people I should say are in the ESPN fantasy league. We do we need more action that league. That league's been real quiet. Our Yahoo league's been pretty quiet, especially for how like there's more action in that league going on usually. Yeah. It's been pretty quiet, but our ESPN league's especially been quiet. I think, so. I think honestly, with that ESPN league, once football's over, you're gonna get more noise from me, Austin, Timmy, and Tyler, and Curtis is also in that league, and he's in fo- he's in multiple football leagues. I think once football is fantasy football's over, so after the month of December, I think you're gonna get a lot more active activity. Cause I know, and I know in our league actually in the Yahoo one, I know me, Nate, Dustin, I think maybe Gene does fantasy football too. So we actually have some people in our league who does fantasy football. True story. True story. All right, Keenan. Great talking to you. We'll be back next week. It's the Warner Brothers podcast. We're out of here. <laughs>